This is a recording of Some Notes on Book of Mormon Names by Stephen D. Ricks, originally published in Interpreter, a Journal of Mormon Scripture, Volume 4, 2013, pages 155 to 160, read by James Jensen. This audio recording is copyrighted under a Creative Commons license and may be freely distributed if it remains unchanged. The journal and its website are credited and is for non-commercial use. A printed version of this and many other articles and resources on Mormon scripture can be found at mormoninterpreter.com. Some Notes on Book of Mormon Names by Stephen D. Ricks The Book of Mormon is an ancient document, proper names as a test case. Abstract At the beginning of Lehi in the Desert, the late legendary Hugh Nibley reviews the distinguished American archaeologist William F. Albright's criteria for determining the historical plausibility of the Middle Egyptian tale of Sinue, which Albright considers to be, quote, a substantially true account of life in its milieu, on the grounds, one, that its local color is extremely plausible, two, it describes a state of social organization which agrees exactly with our present archaeological and documentary evidence, 3. The Amorite personal names contained in the story are satisfactory for that period and region. And 4. Finally, there is nothing unreasonable in the story itself. End quote. Nibley then asks about the story of Lehi. Quote, Does it correctly reflect the cultural horizon and religious and social ideas and practices of the time? Does it have authentic historical and geographical background? Is a misunsane mythical, highly imaginative, or extravagantly improbable? Is its local color correct, and are its proper names convincing? End quote. As regards proper names in the Book of Mormon, they are arguably ancient, deriving either from ancient Hebrew, another Semitic dialect, ancient Egyptian, or some other ancient language. The following three Book of Mormon proper names, Josh, Nahum, and Alma, the first of several that will be presented and discussed in forthcoming issues of this journal, are illustrations of the ancient setting of this book, as well as being of interest in their own right. Book of Mormon Proper Names Josh, Nahum, Alma Josh The Book of Mormon Proper Name Josh, mentioned as a place name in Third Nephi 9 verse 10, and as a personal name, the name of a Nephite general in Mormon 6 verse 14, is not, as English speakers might suppose, an abbreviated form of Joshua, Hebrew Yehoshua, but of Josiah, Hebrew Yoshiahu. The unabbreviated name means, The Lord is a support, from the hypothetical Hebrew root Asha, to support. Compare the noun form Osha, quote, support, buttress, end quote. Josh, in a slightly different abbreviated form from this root, appears in the Lakish letters as Jaus, an abbreviated form of Yaushiahu, quote, the Lord will give as a gift, end quote, according to the pre-exilic pronunciation. In their illuminating study, Book of Mormon Names in Ancient Hebrew Inscriptions, John A. Twetness, John Gee, and Matthew Roper note that, quote, Four of the bullae found near Tel Beit Mirsim and dating from circa 600 B.C. bear the name Yaash. Three of them were made from the same seal. 
They also point out that the personal name Yaash appears six times in the 5th century B.C. Jewish Aramaic papyri from Elephantine in Upper Egypt. The Book of Mormon form Josh reflects the loss of the consonantal quality of the wow from the Hebrew root awash, meaning to give, to gift, gift, reward, etc. Though the root awash does not occur apart from the personal names in the Hebrew Bible, it does occur in, for example, Ugaritic usun, gift, Arabic asa, to give, reward, aus, gift, Old South Arabian, awas. Nahum. Surprisingly, evidence for Nahum, the name of the place where Ishmael was buried, 1 Nephi 16, verse 34, is based on historical, geographic, and archaeological, and only secondarily on etymological considerations. Three altar inscriptions containing Nehem as a tribal name and dating from the 7th to 6th centuries B.C., roughly the time period when Lehi's family was traveling through the area, have been discussed by S. Kent Brown. Dan Vogel, writing in the misleadingly named Joseph Smith, The Making of a Prophet, and responding to two books by LDS authors about Lehi's journey in the Arabian desert, has objected to the dating of the Arabian word Nehem. Quote, there is no evidence dating the Arabian Nehem before A.D. 600, let alone 600 B.C., end quote. It should be noted, however, that Burkhardt Vogt, perhaps unaware of its implications for the Book of Mormon, dates an altar having the initial letters Nehem Yan, to the 7th to 6th centuries B.C. This is not insignificant, since Vogel's book was published in 2004, while Volt's contribution was published in 1997. Nehem appears as a place name and as a tribal name in southwestern Arabia in the pre-Islamic and early Islamic period in the Arab antiquarian Al-Hamdanis Al-Iqlil, and in his Sifat Jazirat Al-Arab. If, as Robert Wilson observes, there is minimal movement among the tribes over time, the region known in the early modern maps of the Arabian Peninsula as Nehem and Nem, as well as Nahom, may well have had that or a similar name in antiquity. The Hebrew root Nehem, meaning to groan, of persons, mentioned in Ezekiel 24, verse 23, and Proverbs 5, verse 11, may reflect the actions of the daughters of Ishmael in 1 Nephi 16, verse 35, in, quote, mourning exceedingly because of the loss of their father and because of their afflictions in the wilderness, end quote. Were the name originally Nechem, the Semitic root suggested in 1950 by Hugh Nibley, the Arabic Nechama, quote, to sigh or moan, end quote, and the Hebrew root Nechem, quote, to comfort, end quote, would also fit the context of First Nephi 16. Alma Although the female personal name Alma, from the Latin adjective Almas, Alma, Almam, quote, nurturing, fostering, end quote, is popular in the Western tradition of naming, the male personal name Alma is of incontestable antiquity. The name appears at least eight times in documents dating from the late 3rd millennium B.C. from the archives at Ebla, located in modern-day Syria. It also occurs in the Bar Kokhba letters, dating from the period of the Second Jewish Revolt in A.D. 132-35. through 35. 
It appears as Alma ben Yehuda, Alma son of Judah, in a business document, and is written both Alma and Alma. The initial consonant of the name Alma in the Bar Kokhba documents is Aleph. However, the name ultimately derives from the consonant Krayin, hence the pronunciation Krauma, in the period before the 3rd century. However, over the centuries the sound Krayin came to be pronounced Ayin, and finally as Aleph. The Hebrew word Elam occurs twice in the Old Testament, once at 1 Samuel 17 verse 56, and again at 1 Samuel 20 verse 22 with the meaning, quote, youth, lad, end quote. The personal name Alma may well be a hypocoristic form, a word or name with the name of deity, El, suppressed. Thus, quote, God's lad, youth, end quote. Strikingly, in Mosiah 17, verse 2, when Alma is first introduced, he is described as a, quote, young man, end quote a subtle play on words that would likely have escaped Joseph Smith, whose education in ancient Hebrew did not begin until after his arrival in Kirtland, Ohio, in the early 1830s. The demonstrable antiquity of these names is significant for understanding the Book of Mormon as an ancient document. The names themselves are arguably Semitic. Two, Josh and Alma, are Hebrew but are not found in the Bible while the third, Nahum, is ancient Arabian and attested archaeologically from the period dating from the 7th to 6th centuries B.C. The name Alma contains a subtle play on words that Joseph Smith would most likely not have understood given the state of his understanding of ancient Hebrew at that time. All of this, in turn, obliges the reader to decide whether Joseph Smith was an unsophisticated hayseed who just happened to get these names right, or a divinely inspired translator. This has been a recording of Some Notes on Book of Mormon Names by Stephen D. Ricks. Originally published in Interpreter, a Journal of Mormon Scripture, Volume 4, 2013, pages 155 to 160, read by James Jensen.